Where are you in your leadership journey? Designed to inspire and empower other ambitious individuals, the Mindful Rebel podcast series is designed to bring attention to grassroots leaders in our community and focus on where they are currently in their leadership journey. The podcast will share the advice of doers and thinkers demonstrating success in life and in their respective areas of impact. Welcome to the Mindful Rebel podcast, a podcast about journeys in leadership. In this episode via Skype, we will talk to Kim Peppers, Flex Squad Transformation Coach, full-time professional trainer, and national-level women's physique athlete. Welcome, Kim. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, so just to get started, uh, talk to us a little bit how you got involved um, as a health and wellness uh, professional um, in, the, in the way that you are currently involved. All right. Well, I initially had started out in phys ed in university. And I really realized that I wanted to work with adults and I really wanted to help them change their body and change the way they were eating and and living their day-to-day life. So I switched out of phys ed uh, and moved from Winnipeg, Manitoba to Ottawa where we uh, offered more programming regarding personal training and and general health. Nice, nice. So, so thinking about that and, 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 and with the work you do as a, a personal trainer and a transformation coach, um, motivation is a big part of that, of making sure you're, you're motivating your clients and, and getting them excited about their specific, particular goals. Um, yes. How do you, well, I guess, what are ways that you keep your clients motivated or keep them um, going towards their goals? You know, this is something that is done on a daily basis mm-hmm. and a lot of people you know, need that. And even myself included, I mean, you know, not every day do I want to get up and do my fasted cardio. And so how do you get excited? And I have to say that as positive as it can be and as negative as it can be, social media helps big time. So being able to access my clients through Facebook, through Instagram and things like that helps. So seeing other people's posts gets me fired up. But I've been told several times by other people that my posts get them fired up. So they sort of see what it is that I'm doing in my day to day. And they think, oh, man, you know, she's doing her cardio this morning. I should probably get up and do my cardio or, you know, I'll post a recipe and that'll motivate somebody to try something new. And so I think social media is a great outlet. But the other thing that I think is really important as a business professional who's working with people who, um, you know, are trying to change their their day to day regime is to stay on top of them, make them accountable. Are you food journaling? Are you, you know, checking into the gym? And I know a lot of people say it's silly. Oh, that workout was a waste if I didn't check in. But honestly, if nobody noticed you went, sometimes you don't feel like you accomplished a lot. And again, nobody regrets a workout, but I think that accountability is huge and customer service or as a personal trainer is super important for that. So what what type of unique spin do you put on your personal training sessions with your um, clients that, that makes you stand out differently from from another personal trainer? I am heavily team oriented. Hmm. I believe that no man can do this kind of thing on their own, especially when we're dealing with competitions. And, uh, you know, much like people often say, oh, you know, I need a second opinion. I find that when we bring in veteran people who have done shows before, the rookies get an opportunity to go, oh, that's what it's like, or I should really trust Kim, you know, and, and she said I needed to do that. You're right. 
you know, I do feel this way every day, or sometimes I feel great, but other times I don't. And so they can bounce ideas off each other. And so for me, that kind of gives me that sort of backup, that testimonial, you know, somebody to say, yeah, I did it. I went through it too. And you can do it, you know? And so I, I definitely try to keep that team flex squad family uh, very relevant in my day-to-day work. So we talked a little bit more about motivation, but how do you stay, and I know you mentioned with social media and there's a level of accountability for, um, you know, if you post, you know, that motivates someone else to kind of get up. Is, is that what motivates you on a daily basis to keep going? Or are there certain things that, that kind of motivate your, your level of commitment towards like health and wellness and the work that you do? Um, for two, two ways in which I kind of approach that. One being that I have a responsibility. I represent a brand. I represent an image. And so, you know, people go through their ups and downs in life. And I don't believe that anybody uh, reaches a point of obesity without some type of trauma to get them to that point. And so, you know, I've had my uh, share of ups and downs. And um, every time I make a little comeback or I, or I hit the stage, you know, I'm inspiring new people. And I remember that that that's really the most important message that I'm trying to send is that you too can do it. But the other thing is I can't do it alone myself. So as much as I promote a team environment, I also have a coach. And I really think that that's important. doesn't mm. matter if you are Michael Phelps or Donovan Bailey. Everyone needs a coach. Somebody to tell them, yes, you're doing right or no, we need to change some things, right? Because we, we give ourselves the hardest time, right? Or sometimes we may even be too easy on ourselves. And so somebody to give that outside perspective and say, yeah, you're doing a great job or, you know what, let's go in a different direction. And, and I need that just like anybody else. I'm not, you know, a superhero by any means. Well said. And that's an interesting perspective of, of a health and wellness or a training uh, professional coach, having a coach of their own to kind of help them um, through the process there. And, you know, I never think about it from that capacity, but that's great. Right. So, so thinking about it and shifting to talk a little bit more about the work you do as a, a women's physique athlete, um, what's been, I guess, your biggest accomplishment in that field um, so far? Um, you know, I would say that there's actually two. And mm-hmm. I would say that one came in the beginning and one was most recently. And we have um, a federation that offers a transformation section as part of, you know, the way they promote their business and, and to celebrate people's weight loss. And so that's where I started. I didn't start by, you know, competing right out the gate. Um, I, I definitely wanted to do this transformation sort of challenge to show my clients, you know, my progress and to just celebrate as opposed to feeling competitive. Whereas my most recent accomplishment was um, performing on the, the national stage most recently in Vancouver. And that in itself had its uh, fair share of challenges. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I was just happy to be there. I mean, I had a great time. I met a lot of wonderful people. And uh, I look forward to competing again one day. Oh, awesome. And congratulations for, for what you have done. It's, it's pretty Thank great. You. What has been a, a major challenge that you faced um, in your own personal um, development as an athlete? Um, you know, like I said, there's sort of ups and downs as you go along. And I, I ultimately believe that we, uh, we don't get to be overweight or obese without some type of trauma or some type of, um, background stuff that whether it's in your head or in your heart needs to get dealt with. And so as many times as I have competed, you know, there's what we call a rebound afterwards. And some people rebound real hard and other people can kind of coast right into another show. And um, I've had my fair share of uh, many, many difficult rebounds. 
And so trying to really dig deep in the off season and figure out what it is that triggers me to choose the foods that I do in that off season, or why is it that I feel this way, or what am I really competing for? And so asking yourself these deep rooted issues and questions that, you know, sort of lead you to either the great places that you go in life or the not so great places that you go in life. And how do you take those lessons and learn from them? And so every time I compete, I learn a little bit more about what I can tolerate or what I'm going to do differently afterwards. And I really try to assess kind of the things I've been through and how they apply to me changing my life for, for the long term so that it is a lifestyle change as opposed to a diet. Hmm. So, and, and you tapped on another question I wanted to talk about. And, and so I know that oftentimes many health and wellness professionals um, talk about it being a lifestyle and it not just a fad or a diet or, you know, being very cautious about using certain terms, but really pushing that it's a lifestyle. Um, outside of what you do, how do you stay disciplined to kind of promote that it's a lifestyle and not just something that is like this is just for me to to compete or this is just for me to help another client how does that how do you kind of keep that as a lifestyle that 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 moves forward and this is also coming from someone who who is who struggles with that themselves you know how do you right. how do you keep that that lifestyle going um so speaking as somebody who had many years of being overweight and was an overweight trainer I can tell you that uh you know you they always say this bad day will end well the good days end as well And so you really just have to kind of, I guess, dig deep and realize that some of those traumas um, really need to get looked into. And I don't even mean, you know, necessarily sexual abuse or something of that nature, but something has you eating the way that you do and something has you responding the way that you do um, to your fitness and whether or not you want to get up and do it that day or whether you like your body and, and things like that. And so you literally have to take it day by day. You know, you can't say, okay, in a month from now, I'm going to be this, or I'm going to be that every day. If you're doing something positive for your health, I think that's really all that matters. Mm. So, you know, if you feel like you ate well that day, then, then there you go. That's your pat on the back. Or if you made it to the gym, you know, that day and you, you pushed hard and you, you know, you feel great about yourself, then, then that's what matters, you know? So I just feel like, as long as you make one good choice per day, it doesn't have to be, okay, I checked off 10 things on a list because the minute you try to give yourself more than three goals in a day, I mean, you can feel highly discouraged right away and everybody wants to swim right away when maybe you haven't even learned to tread water yet. And Mm -hmm. so getting that guru to kind of check in and give you that accountability and then day by day, choose something that's for yourself, that's for your health. What has been some of the some of the professional lessons you've learned in the work that you do as a health and wellness professional? I guess for another maybe entrepreneur who's coming up as a health and wellness coach or a transformation coach. There's a few different things actually that come up and I do quite a bit of guest speaking to uh, the college level people here in Ottawa that are in the fitness and health promotion programs that I once took 10 or 11 years ago. And so when I speak to them, you know, professionalism is a huge, huge thing, right? In terms of, you know, we don't want to be trash talking other trainers, right? Everyone is here to make a business. And, you know, you may be sitting next to a colleague or an ally or, or whatever, or maybe somebody that is your competition, but at the end of the day, everyone needs to eat. So, you know, you're going to find a new client if that client necessarily doesn't want to train with you, or you maybe don't have the same skill set. you know, you have to be willing to kind of share. 
And uh, I definitely have aligned myself with some fabulous trainers in this city. And I'll tell you, if I don't think I can help a client, I will definitely refer them to somebody else. So I think professionalism is key and uh, willingness to build a network. Networking is huge. I mean, like I said, everybody's got to eat. <laughs> and then on uh, <laughs> and then on top of that, um, I think it's, you know, I've just sort of seen some very supportive coaches and I've seen some unsupportive coaches and just understanding that every client is unique. And so when you have certain clients that need more handholding than others, and you have some that are a little bit more independent, that's okay. You just have to figure that out. And a lot of people kind of disregard that. And, um, you know, clients get kind of pushed aside or maybe felt like the client might feel like, oh, maybe I'm too needy and stuff like that. At the end of the day, everyone's paying me. So whether or not you are needy or not needy, it's all going to balance itself out. So mm -hmm. you have to be willing to help those people. If you're not willing to help, why are you in this industry? Absolutely. Yeah. So on, on that, in that same token, what advice would you give to someone who's interested in becoming a professional physique athlete? Oh, so uh, particularly in the bodybuilding mm -hmm. sort of side of things. I mean, if that's something you want to do, absolutely go for it. I mean, you got to find yourself somebody that uh, that can get you there and to realistically get you there and in a safe way. Because, I mean, I tell people all the time, you can come see me and I'll tell you whether it's six months or two months to get you ready. And my big focus, it sounds crazy because a lot of people just sort of don't really think about it from this perspective. Um, I want my clients to compete on a budget. I want them to do mm. it um, as cheap as possible because at the end of the day, if you go up there and you hate that experience or it wasn't what you thought it was going to be and you spent all that money, bodybuilding is the most expensive hobby I have ever witnessed in my life. And so wow. for you to spend that kind of money for, you know, 15 seconds of kind of, you know, doing your thing, it's a lot. And so I want my clients to know that, you know, we have a group on Facebook where you can buy, um, you know, used shoes or you can trade suits or something like that or you know for example i don't recommend supplements but at the same time you know i'll tell them oh i like this one i find this helps with this and if it's in your budget do it if it's not in your budget don't do it and so i really would rather someone have the accomplishment than say you know what i just can't afford it i'd rather you live the dream than say you know what this isn't in my budget right now let's make it happen you want to do it let's do it how do we make it happen but anyone can do it. You want to do it? Just do it. Like you just have to find the right person to help get you there. And sometimes that takes a few trial and errors, you know, and, and stuff like that. But yeah, if you want to do it, it's, it's absolutely for anybody. So to shift gears uh, just a tad bit, I know you mentioned mm -hmm. in your um, in the questionnaire that the book I declare um, holds some significance to you. What is it about that book that speaks to you like personally and professionally and how have you kind of integrated that into how you navigate in your profession? So it's interesting because it has uh, 31 declarations, okay? And it doesn't mean you have to look at them every single day, you know, all 31 days in a row, just like that. But every now and then I'll crack open wherever I was last. I'll bookmark it. And there's a message, you know, and I find uh, the messages in that book remind me to, to experience gratitude and to uh, live with an open mind and an open heart and to be willing to try new things um, 
and, and also respecting your, your beliefs and your boundaries at the same time, but to also not lose hope or faith. And I think that's really important because we do have days where you just feel like you can't get up or you don't want to do it that day, or you can't face your colleagues that day or your husband, you know, maybe, um, you know, an issue for you in your day to day life. And, and it's just not for you. And so you go and you dig deep and you read into this book and maybe one little message just gives you what you need to get through that day. And I definitely will uh, head back to that if I if I think it's necessary. And, you know, I think it's a really uh, passionate book and yet still spiritually based. I don't push spirituality on anybody. Mm -hmm. But the messages do uh, resonate with me on a day to day basis. Mm. I definitely, you know, the interesting piece about doing this podcast is part of what I'm going to do at the end of the season is create a, a book list based on the books that that all my guests have mentioned. Uh, and this definitely sounds like one. And doing a little background research, it sounds like a really good book to kind of delve into for some daily I mean, it's, mantras. Yeah, it's just simple. You know, it doesn't have to be this long winded thing. It's just a little message to get you through the day. Whatever it is you're going through, you can do it. So what we're going to do, Kim, we're going to shift into the rapid fire questions. And they're just fun, like personality questions you can answer cool. um, however you like. So are you a morning person or a night owl? Uh, you know what? I've shifted into a morning person. I never was. Uh, <laughs> but then uh, I met somebody who uh, likes to get up early and train. And I thought, man, if you're going to drive me to the gym, I'll get up. So now, <laughs> now my body just wakes me up at 545 every day, regardless. Okay. What's your favorite guilty pleasure snack? <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> speaking as a former overweight person i could probably give you a list but uh if i had to say a go-to um i definitely love nachos nachos yeah uh twitter or instagram instagram man instagram is i haven't touched better. my twitter in ages <laughs> what's your favorite piece of clothing gym clothes leggings man leggings yeah, comfortable yeah yeah uh where would you like to visit if you had the chance well, I'll be back in Atlanta in December, but uh, let's see here. If I could, boy, oh boy, I'd love to go back to New Zealand. I lived there when I was much younger, 11 years old. I'd love to see the country again. Wow, okay. Do you prefer reading books or watching movies? Watching movies. I don't know how to read. Just kidding. <laughs> in that same vein, if there was a book that you could turn into a film, what would it be? Ooh, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the books I do read are already films. <laughs> um, you know what? Let me just, uh, yeah, like, like, look, I'm just looking at my my bookshelf right now, and I'm going like, these are all movies now, you know, and I've either read them or uh, or whatnot. Uh, do 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 do. You know what's funny is they made that book or that book. Um, He's just not that into you into a movie. Yeah. Uh, there's actually a book called it's called a breakup because it's broken. I'd love to see them make that into a movie. It's oh. called a breakup because it's broken. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's a piece of fitness equipment that best represents your personality? Oh, um, <laughs> there's this ankle band. Actually, I use it all the time for glutes. That is my like go to. It's, you know, four dollars and I can travel with it anywhere I go. So that ankle band is is definitely my go to. OK. Um, what's your favorite album from any artist? Ooh, boy, oh boy. God, these are some tough questions because <laughs> there's there's a lot of good stuff out there. And I'm also a big soundtrack person. Oh, OK. So if I could even just go in the soundtrack route, I would probably say 
um, Empire Records was okay. a great soundtrack. Hmm, okay. Yeah. And then the last question, um, what would you like to be known for, or how would you like to be remembered? Oh, my God. I was asked that question in Atlanta um, by those gentlemen. Okay. Um, you know, at the time, I thought it would be funny just because of the fact that I have this red hair. But <laughs> at this point, um, I would just like to be remembered as somebody that was always there for the people in my life, regardless. Mm. Yeah, well, that's a awesome, awesome way to end. That's that's very <laughs> uh, poignant there. Um, well, thank you, Kim. I appreciate you taking the time out uh, to to uh, share some some information about yourself with the Mind for Rebel podcast. Thank you so much. Of course. For more information about Kim, you can go to kimshealthandwellness.ca. Uh, her site and more information about Kim will be posted along with the podcast. Uh, thanks for listening to the Mind for Rebel podcast. Stay tuned for our next exciting episode. Stay connected on your leadership journey with the Mind for Rebel podcast by visiting themindforrebel.co, following the show on Instagram at mindforrebelpodcast, and subscribing to the Mindful Rebel on the iTunes podcast app. Remember, the podcast is for you. So if you have questions about leadership that you want to hear discussed or you're interested in contributing to the show, feel free to share at themindforrebel.co.